This morning, I'd like to just continue as we teach through the book of James. I only have a few weeks to wrap this up, so I'm going to try to hit on some of the main themes. But this morning, we want to look at chapter 3, chapter 3. And uh, when I told someone what I was preaching about, they said, well, are, are you just preaching or are you meddling? And I said, probably meddling, but that's okay. So just keep your Bibles open to chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. You know, we live in a society today that just loves to talk. I mean, take a look at all the television talk shows out there and radio talk shows. Everybody seems to have something to say. The average American has 30 conversations a day, and you'll spend one-fifth of your life talking. In one year, your conversations would fill 66 books of 800 pages per book. If you're a man, you speak an average of 20,000 words a day. If you're a woman, you speak an average of 30,000 words a day. Now, I almost thought about making a joke of that, but I'm preaching on how to control the tongue. I'm just leaving that one alone. You know, some of us are born with a silver foot in our mouth. We have this natural ability to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. Nothing is open more wrongly and says more wrong things than the mouth. It's like the stock boy at the grocery store. And a lady came up to him and asked him, can I buy a half head of lettuce? Well, he said, I need to check with the manager. So he made his way back to where the manager was. But he didn't realize she was following right behind him. And he got to the manager and he said, you're not going to believe this. There's an old bag out there who wants to buy one half head of lettuce. And and by the way, this fine lady right here would like to buy the other half. And uh, our mouths get us into a lot of trouble. And James talks about the tongue more than any other book in the entire New Testament. Every chapter in the book of James says something about how to manage your mouth, how to tame your tongue. Look at verse 2. And there it says, we all, everyone say all with me, all, every one of us, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. James says, if you can control your mouth, you are perfect. Now, he's not talking about sinlessness here. The word perfection in the original language simply means mature and healthy. If you can control what you say, you're a mature person. When you go to the doctor and say, Doc, I'm not feeling well, many times the first thing he'll say is, stick out your tongue. Your tongue reveals what's going on inside of you, not just physically, but spiritually as well. And James says you have to learn how to manage your mouth. You have to learn how to tame your tongue. You've got to get your tongue under control. I was tempted to entitle this message, Don't Let Your Tongue Lick You, but I wouldn't buy that one. I know, I just threw that out. But the bottom bottom line is, why must I watch what I say? It's only words. I'm just kidding. But James says your words are incredibly significant. He gives us three reasons why we need to learn to manage our speech. And then he gives us six illustrations, too, for each of his points. James was a great communicator, and he knew how to use illustrations to get his point across. 
And the first thing he says is, my tongue directs where I go. Whether you realize it or not, your tongue directs where you go in life. It has tremendous influence and control over your life. So I want to ask you a personal question. Where are you headed in your life? Where are you going to be ten years from now? And you say, well, how can I know that? Well, look at your conversation. What do you talk about? What do you like to talk about? What do you talk about most in your life? You see, we shape our words, and then our words shape us. And James says the tongue is small. It's tiny. And because it's tiny, we have a tendency to think it's insignificant. But it has tremendous power. In fact, he illustrates this in verse 3. When we put bits in the mouths of horses, we can turn the whole animal. He's saying, consider a bit in a horse's mouth. You've got a huge stallion, 2,000 to 3,000 pounds, and a little 95-pound jockey sitting on his back. Now, that little jockey can control this powerful horse with a little piece of metal that's strategically placed over the tongue of that horse's mouth. And likewise, your, your tongue controls the direction of your life. And a little bit of a word, so to speak, just a, a phrase, can influence the entire direction of your life. And then he says, consider a ship in verse 4. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. The Queen Mary has three acres of recreational space. Think of it. A ship, three acres of recreational space. The anchor weighs equivalent to about ten cars. And yet a relatively small rudder can just guide that ship and control that ship no matter how bad the seas may be. A little rudder keeps it on course. And friends, our tongue is just like that little rudder. Our tongue is like a rudder that steers us. Ships, he says in verse 4, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. And circle that little word steered. Your tongue is literally the steering wheel of your life. It's kind of the GPS of your life. If you don't like the way you're headed right now, then just change the way you talk. Many people think, well, if the tongue is that significant and has that much power, maybe it's best to just sit back and say nothing. A guy joined the Trappist Monastery. For three years, he was given a probation period where he could not say a single word. But he was allowed at the end of each year to come in and speak two words. Well, at the end of the first year, he said, bed hard. At the end of the second year, he said, food cold. Well, by the end of the third year, he had just had it with the whole thing. And he said, I quit. Well, the head priest says, well, that doesn't surprise me at all. All you've been doing is complaining since you got here. And James says that my tongue directs where I go. And so I need to learn to control it. Secondly, he says, my tongue can destroy what I have. Think about that. Your tongue, what you say, can, can destroy everything that you have. In verse 5, he gives another illustration. He says, says the tongue also is a fire. Consider what a great forest is set on fire 
by a small spark. Just in your mind's eye, imagine a, a beautiful forest, trees and all the lush stuff there. And then in just a few minutes, it can all go up in smoke, completely destroyed by one single tiny match. In 1983, in Australia, one fire overnight destroyed 600 square miles of land, of property, villages, and livestock, all from a single match. And James says, your tongue can destroy just like that. You can lose it all. A careless camper can destroy an entire national forest overnight. And a careless word can destroy a life overnight. Gossip is like fire. It spreads quickly. It wreaks havoc, havoc everywhere it goes. And, and I just wonder how many people, because of careless words, have destroyed their marriage have destroyed relationships, have destroyed their careers, their reputation, the reputation of another. How many churches have been destroyed because of careless words? Or how many friendships have been hurt just because we were careless in what we said? The tongue not only has the power to direct where you go, but it has the power to destroy what you have if you don't learn how to control it. It's kind of like a wildfire. Have you ever met a verbal arsonist? Their words are always inflammatory. And James says that words like a fire can burn people. Why do you think they call it celebrity roast? Because you can burn people with what you say. You know, when we were little, we heard that phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me. How many of you can think back to when you were young and someone said something and it still hurts you today? Anyone here? Now, I, you don't have to be all that young. I, I can remember back when I was a kid and some of the things that were said to me. And uh, it does hurt. You know, fire under control can give tremendous warmth and power and light. But fire out of control can de be devastating. It can destroy miles and miles of homes, of lives and people. In fact, Proverbs chapter 18 verse 20 says, you have to live with the consequences of everything you say. And then James says here in verse 6, it sets the whole course, and I want you to catch that little phrase, the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. He's saying that words can create a chain reaction. You can say something that you didn't mean to have any harmful consequences, but it can have devastating effects above and beyond what you ever thought could take place. Just a few inflammatory statements set off a chain of events that we look back on now and we call it World War II. On a more personal level, you come home from work and you're wiped out. You're tired, you're grumpy, you're cranky. And the husband walks in and yells at his wife. The wife yells at the oldest kid. The oldest kid yells at the baby sister. The baby sister goes out and kicks the dog. Well, the dog runs out and bites the cat. The come, cat comes back in and scratches the baby. The baby bites the head off the Barbie doll. Wouldn't it be a whole lot easier if the husband would have just bit off the head of the Barbie doll himself? You see, chain reaction. 
And, and the phrase that James uses there is like the course of hell, set on fire by hell itself. A couple comes in for marriage counseling. I said this, she said that, and then I said, and then what happened? All hell broke loose. Our words can cause all hell to break loose. And James says, you've got to learn to control your tongue. Not only because it can direct where you go in your life, but it can destroy what you have. You can lose your family, your kids, your career, simply by what you say. It's like a, a wildfire. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23 in the Good News Bible says, If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. And then James uses another illustration, and he talks about a zoo in verses 7 and 8. And there he says, all kinds of animals have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. No man can tame the tongue. It's human, humanly impossible. Only God can do it. And then he goes on to say, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. You know, of all the animals we've tamed, no man can tame the tongue, humanly speaking. He says, it's restless. And that means it's liable to break out at any moment. When Lion Country Safari was uh, open up north from here, there was a big sign that you read as you went in. And it said, do not get out of your car. Do not open your window. Why? Those animals that look so tame and so peaceful can rip your head off in just a, a moment. Restless. Always liable to break out. You never know what your mouth is going to say. And then he says, it's even like poison. And the word in the Greek there literally means snake venom. Just a few drops can kill. You can assassinate somebody by what you say. Assassinate their character. And the tongue is a potentially deadly weapon. And then James goes on to say, the tongue displays who I am. The tongue, my tongue, really, bottom line, displays who I am. It reveals my character. It tells what's really inside of me. First, James points out how inconsistent we are with our mouths and our speech. Listen to verses 9 and 10. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. You know, we, we say these things out of our same mouth. We come to church on Sunday. And the highest thing you can do is to praise God. And we, we lift up praises to, to the Lord. And, and then we sing those songs. We walk out, get into our car, and we argue as to where we're going to go have lunch. Isn't it amazing how quickly your attitude can change. In one minute you're saying, praise the Lord, and the next minute you're saying, shut up! The tongue is a strange contradiction. It's so inconsistent. It's amazing how quickly it can change. Like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, one minute we're praising God, and then we're cursing people. Now when he uses that word cursing there, he's not just talking about using profanity. It means any kind of a put-down is a curse. A label that you put on a person is a curse. 
You good for nothing. You'll never amount to anything. You are just like any kind of a put-down is a curse. You know, here in sophisticated America, we, we have a tendency to think that curse, putting a curse on a person is something that's voodoo or done in some back third world country. But we do it here as well. I, I Think about this. When a parent continues to put down his child, he's putting a curse on them. I've seen this happen. I've counseled hundreds of people in marriages over the years, and and I've had people come in who were incredibly sharp, maybe a CEO of a large company, and yet their significant other, this person that meant most to them, who, who actually loved them but was constantly berating them, constantly putting them down, they lost all self-confidence. A curse had been put on them. And I think we need to be careful as parents for those of you who are that age here, of what we say to our children. Because we can literally destroy who they are by what we say. Uh, and, and it doesn't just have to wait until you're an adult. Uh, I've seen young people, teenagers, who just lash out at each other. And, 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 and it's amazing the verbal abuse that, that's there. And we need to be careful because we're literally putting a curse on a person. And James says, why do you curse each other? You are made in God's image. How is it possible that we can be so loving to the people that we really care the most about, our kids, our wives, our husbands, our parents, and so forth, and the next minute be harsh, cold, and mean? How is it possible that one minute we're talking to my kids and gentle Loving tones, and the next minute I'm being harsh with them. I'm saying things that damage their self-esteem. Do you struggle with an inconsistent tongue at times? Well, James says, bottom line, we all do. We speak lovingly in one breath, and then we lash out in the next. What gives? What's the problem? Why do we do that? Why can we genuinely mean something in love? And kindness, one minute, and then the same mouth says something that we mean in bitterness. Well, James gives the answer. Look at verses 11 and 12, and he talks about consider the source. Just think of where this comes from. In verses 11 and 12, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, my sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Or a grapevine bear figs. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh fruit. And the point is, whatever is in the well comes out in the water. Whatever is in the tree will come out in the fruit. What's the likelihood of an apple tree producing cherries? Zip. Nada. It's just not going to happen. You see, my problem is not really my tongue. My problem is my heart. What's inside ultimately is what's going to come out. My mouth eventually betrays what's really on the inside of me. Now, I can fool you for a while, and I can pretend for some time, but ultimately my tongue is going to give me away. It's going to let you know what's really inside me. Have you ever heard this excuse? Someone says, 
something mean or hurtful to someone, and then they respond, I don't know what got into me. That's not like me. I don't know why I said that. It's totally out of character. I don't really mean it. And James would say, yes, it is inside you. It's just like you. You meant it. Quit kidding yourself. What's inside of you is what comes out of you. You don't have a spring one minute that gives out fresh water, and the next minute it gives out salt water. That's impossible. It just won't happen. What comes out of the well is what's inside of it. In fact, Jesus stated it like this in Matthew 12:34: For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. Jesus explained the Freudian slip hundreds of years before Freud was even existed. He said, what's inside of you is going to come out of you. My tongue displays who I am. It directs where I go. My tongue can destroy what I have, but bottom line, it displays who I am, what I am. It reveals my character. If you have a problem with your tongue... It's much more serious than you may think. You see, you have heart disease. A person with a harsh tongue has an angry heart. A person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. A person with an overactive tongue has an unsettled heart. A person with a boasting tongue has an insecure heart. A person with a filthy tongue has an impure heart. And a person who is critical all the time has a bitter heart. But on the other side of the coin, a person who is always encouraging has a happy, healthy heart. A person who speaks quietly has a loving heart. A person who speaks truthfully has an honest heart. So what's the solution, James? How do you handle this? How do we change? Well, James is so direct. He says, get a new heart. You've got to get a new heart. That's the solution. In fact, all the way back in the Old Testament in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, verse 31, he says, Rid yourself of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. You see, painting the outside of the pump isn't going to make any difference if there's poison inside the well. I can change my outside. I can turn over leaf after new leaf after new leaf, but what I really need is a new life. What I really need is a fresh start. I need to let go of the past. And as the Bible says, be born again. Be re- I need to repent. I need to start over. I need to get a new heart. I need to have spiritual open heart surgery. So how do I get that new heart? Well, Second Corinthians 5.17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's a brand new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. New life, new heart, new spirit. When you come to Jesus, an amazing thing happens. He wipes out everything bad in your past. He says, you're starting over. You have a brand new heart. What I love about that is it doesn't mean just a one-time thing. If you're normal, you have your ups and downs, and you need to keep coming back to Jesus, but He will forgive you every time. God is not the God of the second chance. He's the God of the second hundredth chance, the second thousand. He just doesn't give up on you. 
We need to pray like David did in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Because what's in my heart is going to come out of my mouth. Secondly, ask God for his help every day. Just ask God for his help every day. Friends, you need supernatural power to control your tongue. You can't do it on your own. Our lives are a living demonstration that we can't do this by ourselves. We can't control it. We need supernatural power. And so you simply need to ask a supernatural God to give you the power to do it. Psalm 141 verse 3 tells us, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That's a great verse to memorize and just quote every morning before you get going. God, put a muzzle on my mouth. Guard my lips. Don't let me be critical today. Don't let me be judgmental today. Don't let me say things off the cuff that come back to haunt me later. You need to ask God for His help daily because you need His power in your life every moment of every day. J. Sidlow Baxter said, quote, The proof that God's Spirit is in your life is not that you speak in an unknown tongue, but that you control the tongue you do know. Listen to that again. The proof that God's Spirit is in your life is not that you speak in an unknown tongue, but you control the tongue you do know. You watch your words, and God will give you the power to not slander, to not exaggerate, to not lie. But secondly... Uh, The second part of that is getting into God's Word is part of asking for God's help. As you ask Him for help, you need to read His Word. You see, that's where you're going to hear from Him. You've all heard that computer statement, garbage in, garbage out. What goes in your mind ultimately goes down into your heart. And what goes into your heart ultimately comes out of your mouth. It's that simple. So fill your mind with the Word of God, with positive things. As Paul says, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true, good, think about those things. Think on the Word of God, and then think before you speak. Think before you speak. Engage your mind before you put your mouth in gear. It's that basic. In fact, in verse 19 of chapter 1, James says, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And he gives that order for a specific purpose. First, be quick to listen. Listen carefully. And then, be slow to speak. You see, if you're quick to listen, you will be slow to speak. And if you're slow to speak, then you'll be slow to become angry. If you have a problem with anger, you need to work on being quick to listen and slow to speak. And when you are, you ultimately will be able to control your mouth. What does your tongue say about you? What does it reveal about you? If I were to play back a tape of every conversation that you had this past week, what would it reveal about you? You see, God hears it all. He knows everything we've said. Our tongues simply display who we are. What direction is your tongue leading you today? 
You know, some people just say, I'm sick all the time. I can never do anything. Life is getting more tougher and tougher all the time. Where do you think that person is headed with self-fulfilling prophecies like that? Our tongues control the direction that our lives will take. A bit and a rudder need to be under the hand of a strong arm. And James is saying that the only way to get control of your tongue is to let Jesus Christ control your heart. Let me say that again. The only way to get control of your tongue is to let Jesus Christ have control of your heart. What's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Let's let Christ's hand be on the bit of your life. Let Christ's hand be on the rudder of your life. Let him control and direct what you say. You know, maybe you're here today and you need to ask someone for forgiveness. Maybe you need to go to a friend. Maybe you need to go to a, a parent. Maybe you need to go to your child and say, you know, I'm inconsistent in the way I talk with you. Sometimes I'm, I, I'm, I'm loving and sometimes I'm harsh. You know, James says, that's because you're human. We all have problems with this. Maybe you need to apologize to your wife, to your husband, maybe to a friend. Uh, maybe to your boss, maybe to someone who works under you. Ezekiel says, get rid of all the offenses that you've committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. You know, every one of us, I don't care who we are, needed this message from James today because it's a universal problem. You know, I, I think of the political world we're involved in right now. I've been around a long time. I've never seen anything like I'm seeing today. And, and the, the stuff that's coming out. And you know, what's really sad, I understand it in the world, but what about Christians who get caught up in saying some of this stuff and, and, and the meanness that comes out? You know, the church needs to, to stand up for what's right. We need to speak with tongues of love and understanding. And let the Lord control us. Tombstone. Here lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. I hope you don't have to wait that long. What direction is your tongue leading you today? Where are you headed in your life? Where are you going to be in 10 years from now? What you're saying lets me know pretty well where you're going to be. Maybe some of us need to say, God, I'm, I've been a verbal arsonist. I have a tendency to be cynical. I have a tendency to put people down. And it's because I, I'm insecure. Lord, help me with my negativity. I have an overactive tongue. We need to say, God, will you put peace in my heart so I don't have to keep talking all the time? Lord, I, I'm fearful. I tend to brag a lot. Lord, help me not be so insecure. Melt my heart. I want you to just bow your heads for a couple minutes right now. Father, we all have a challenge here. I pray that you would help every one of us to learn to to manage our mouths much better than we do. 
Help us, because bottom line, we can't do it ourselves. But with your spirit working in us, we can have victory. And we realize that our tongue can bring damage, but it also can bring delight. And I look out here and I see the tremendous potential, Lord. Help us to use our mouths and our tongues to bless people. God, help us to use our tongue to bless our husbands, our wives, our girlfriends, our boyfriends, our our friends at school, our, our friends at church. Lord, help us to just be blessings wherever we go by what we say and do. In your name we pray. Amen. Um. I want you to do something with me for just a second. I want to just pray a, a prayer of blessing on you. I just want to bless you. And what I want you to do is just put your hands out like this, like you're going to receive. And just keep your eyes open. God of all blessings, I pray that you would just release your blessing on each person here today. I pray that you would help each one who has any insecurity in their life to realize they are secure in you. Lord, I pray that you would make not only the individuals here a blessing, but you would make this congregation a blessing to their community. I pray that you would put good words on each person's mouth right now. And before this day is over, they're going to have a chance to build someone up and not tear them down. And I pray that your power is going to be upon them. And above all, Lord, I pray that they're going to feel better about themselves than they've ever felt. And therefore, they're going to get a good night's sleep. And I pray these blessings in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.